This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Let's pray first. Father, we come to you now, Lord, with eyes that need to be opened by you and touched. Lord, we come to you now with a heart that needs to be revived by you, with your touch. And so, Lord, do that, we pray, as we open your Bible now, in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 26, verse 67. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, prophesy unto us, thou Christ. Who is he that smote thee? Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not, though thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they, they that, sat, that stood by, and said to Peter, surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then he began to curse, to swear, saying, I know not the man. Immediately the cock crew. Jesus remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now, here we are, the trial of Jesus is over. The verdict is in, the verdict is in, the verdict is unanimous, there's no dissension, and the verdict is, verse 66, verse 66, what think ye? They answered and said, he's guilty of death. Guilty of death. There has not been, there was not one dissenting voice in their verdict of verse 66, He's guilty of death. That was final, no appeal. The accusation was, the verse before that, verse 65, verse 65, he had spoken blasphemy. That was, and the judgment was, for that crime, verse 66, he is guilty. And the sentence was, for that verdict, verse 66, death, death. And when we see this, we are absolutely amazed. We stand in amazement. This is an astounding scene here where the charge blasphemy was given. Why blasphemy? 
because Jesus Christ was asked in verse 63, in verse 63, he was asked the question, he was on the witness stand, and he's asked the question, tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. He was asked to tell if he was the Messiah, if he was God the Son. And because he said yes to both those accusations, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Son, his charge came in in verse 65, he hath spoken blasphemy. He has spoken blasphemy. That Jesus Christ is God the Son is the offense that's so strong that the Bible calls that the rock of offense. The rock of offense. Isaiah 8.13, Isaiah 8.13 says this. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself. Let him be your fear, let him be your dread, and he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel for a gin or a trap and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. Those are the verses in Isaiah 8, 13 through 15, which are so important. This is a, this, this passage, Isaiah 8, 13 through 15, is so important because it causes us to understand why this court proceeding came out the way it did when Jesus Christ was on trial. This passage, Isaiah 8, 13 through 15, is so very important in scripture to understand why the world is offended in Jesus Christ. This is such an important scripture, Isaiah 8, 13 through 15, to understand how Jesus Christ is the most misunderstood person in history. This is all explained in these verses in Isaiah 8, 13 through 15. Because this verse explains, these verses explain, there's only one way to not stumble and fall and be broken and be trapped and taken as a prisoner in hell for eternity. And that way is described in Isaiah 8, 13 through 15, where it says, sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, let him be your fear, let him be your dread, and he shall be for a sanctuary. That's Isaiah 8, 13 through 14, actually. So first it says in Isaiah 8, 13, Isaiah 8, 13, sanctify the Lord of hosts himself. The Lord of hosts is Jesus Christ, and to sanctify him means to set him apart as special, very special. It means to make Jesus Christ the most special person in our lives. Second, that's the first. Second, in Isaiah 8.13 says, let him be your fear, let him be your dread. And that means fear Jesus, when it says that, means fear Jesus Christ means to be, be afraid of crossing him. Be afraid of making Jesus Christ angry. Be it dread doing anything that makes Jesus Christ mad. This is what 
This is what the final verse of Psalm 2 says. The final verse of Psalm 2 says, which starts off with a question. Psalm 2 starts off with a question. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? And it ends with Psalm 212. Psalm 212, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. What's it saying there is it's a kiss the son lest you make him mad. It's a bad thing to make Jesus Christ mad. Second, don't make, let him be your dread, let him be your fear. Third, Isaiah 8.14, Isaiah 8.14 says, he shall be, and he shall be for a sanctuary, a sanctuary. And that's saying, we make Jesus Christ our sanctuary. What's that mean? What does it mean to make him a sanctuary? Sanctuary is a place that you, you run into, you run into, what's that mean? It means when we are lonely, and we need a friend, we run to Jesus Christ as our friend sanctuary. It means that when we're attacked and we need protection, we run to Jesus Christ as our defender sanctuary. It means that when we're sad, really down and depressed, and we feel like we're in a state of darkness, we need sunshine, we run to Jesus Christ as our sunshine sanctuary. It means that when we're hurt, we're really, we're hurt inside. We need comfort, we run to Jesus Christ as our comfort sanctuary. It means that when we feel lost, we just feel lost and we just can't find our way, we run to Jesus Christ as our home sanctuary. It means that in life when we're just, just beat, we're worn out, we're tired, there's nothing left in us, we run to Jesus Christ as our rest sanctuary. And it means that when we're weak, when we're weak, we're no strength. The Bible talks about having knees which are falling and hands which can't be lifted up. When we're weak, and we can't lift our head up, we run to Jesus Christ as our strength sanctuary. That's all that it means in Isaiah 8.14 when it says he shall be for a sanctuary. It means Jesus as our friend, defender, sunshine, comfort, home, rest, strength, sanctuary. He shall be for a sanctuary because if a person does not run to Jesus Christ as his sanctuary for all those needs, then God makes Jesus Christ, who they will not come to as a sanctuary, then God makes Jesus Christ a stone and a rock that God has laid, he says, in Zion. Romans 9.33, Romans 9.33. As it is written, and by the way, that reference is back to Isaiah 8, 13 through 15. As it is written, in Romans 9, 33. As it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. If a person does not make Jesus Christ their life sanctuary, 
then Jesus Christ becomes for them, the Isaiah 8.14, Isaiah 8.14, a stone of stumbling and for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. So, for anyone who does not follow God's advice of Psalm 212, Psalm 212, kiss the son, and of Isaiah 8.13, Isaiah 8.13, and by the way, Psalm 2.12, put your trust in him. In Isaiah 8.13, sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, let him be your fear, let him be your dread, and he shall be for a sanctuary. For those who do not fall down in worship and submission to Jesus Christ, then Jesus Christ becomes the Isaiah 8.14, stone of stumbling and rock of offense. That's what we're seeing in this passage here in Matthew 26, in this court trial of Jesus. When we see Jesus Christ said, when we see him saying in this court trial, yes, he is God the Son. You could just about hear everyone in that trumble trip and fall down to the ground as they stumbled over Jesus Christ, the stone of stumbling. Jesus Christ, the rock of offense, you could hear almost everyone say. He said he's God the Son. I've never been so offended in all my life. Like the time I said to a, a rabbi one time, I said, Jesus Christ is God. And he said, what? Is that what the Christians believe? He asked me, to which I reply, I don't know what the Christians believe but I can tell you what the angels of God believe. I can tell you what God the Father believes, what God the Holy Spirit believes. I can tell you what Satan believes. I can tell you what the demons of hell believe. I can tell you what I believe because it's true. Jesus Christ is God. That's why Jesus Christ was condemned to death by this court, because God set Jesus Christ in Zion as a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and when Jesus Christ said that he was God the Son, that was it. The trial was over, the offense was so great, the stumbling was so serious, and the fall was so tremendous that Jesus Christ is God, the verdict is destroy him. And that's why, after a year of meeting all the qualifications for becoming an Israeli citizen, that in the end, when I had my final interview for, citizens for Israeli citizenship qualification with the Jewish agency in Jerusalem, I was asked one question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is God or the Son of God? And as soon as they knew I did, that belief was such a large stone of stumbling that the interview was immediately over as they became the citizenship Nazi that said, no Israeli citizenship for you. <laughs> Why? Because Jesus Christ as God is a huge rock of offense, gigantic. And I was told by the Jewish agency that the only way for me as a Jew, born to two Jewish parents, 
to become qualified to become an Israeli citizenship is for me to go to a rabbi and officially renounce my belief that Jesus Christ is God. That's just how great this stone of stumbling is, and that's just how large this rock of offense is. In, in that day, in Matthew 26, so this, that day we're talking about here, in that day and today, the confession that Jesus Christ is God is the rock of offense to the Jews, to the Muslims, to the heathen, to the lost who call themselves Christians. That's a stone of stumbling. That's a rock of offense that God has placed in Zion. And that rock of offense is very simply, Jesus Christ is God the Son. But God said that that rock of offense that he placed in Zion, it doesn't stay still. It moves. That rock of offense that the lost fall over or fall on, they stumble at, is moving. And it's moving toward those whom the rock will fall on. And when the rock falls on them, Jesus Christ described what's going to happen in, in Matthew 21, 44. Matthew 21, 44. Whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard this parables, they perceived that he spake of them. And when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. When a person falls on the stone, Jesus Christ, he falls as a sinner. He falls broken before Jesus Christ. He's broken as a sinner. He's in a state of repentance over his sin. And to that person, Jesus Christ lifts up that broken person and makes him a new person in Jesus Christ. That's what happens to the person who falls on the stone, on the rock, Jesus Christ, saying to Jesus Christ, I'm broken. I'm a broken, lost sinner. Have mercy on me. Save me from my sins. But the person who does not fall broken before Jesus Christ, the stone. Then Jesus Christ becomes the moving stone that will fall on them and grind them to powder. And when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard that, they knew he's talking about us. And they tried to kill him right there. Because Jesus Christ is God, is the rock of offense that's going to fall on those who do not fall broken in repentance. And when the rock of offense falls on them, he grinds them to powder. And there's nothing that they could do to stop him from being that rock, that falling rock that grinds to powder. They could not stop him by torturing him to death on a cross, as we're seeing. They could not stop him with a Roman sword into his heart. They could not stop him with a gigantic, huge boulder that they rolled in front of the door of his tomb because Jesus Christ was resurrected from that grave and there was no boulder big enough to keep him in that grave because death cannot keep his prey. He tore the bars away. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose, he arose. So in verse 66, 
we see that Jesus Christ, who's the judge of the world, he's being now judged by the world, and that's astounding. We see in verse 66, Jesus Christ, who's called in Revelation 1.5, Revelation 1.5, he's called the faithful witness. He's now being accused by false witnesses. We see Jesus Christ in the seat of the criminal, while the real criminal, the high priest, sits in the seat of the judge. And this is amazing. When he says he's God the Son, when he says he's the Messiah, it's just truth. So what we see is we see in verse 66, truth being called blasphemy. And what they're doing is they're calling blasphemy truth. So what we're really seeing here in this passage is we're seeing the, the world commit suicide. This is the suicide in the world when they condemn Jesus Christ. And we see the life of the world is now tied up in Jesus Christ in his submission to death. And this is an amazing thing. So what we're seeing here is that we're seeing the whole world in this passage, they've given themselves over to a complete and a full suicide to death while we see Jesus Christ giving himself up to a complete and full death to bring the world to life. This is just amazing. Hell here is pouring all the hatred it can on Jesus Christ while heaven is pouring all the love it can on the world. It is amazing. Now, this hatred is so great against Jesus Christ that in verse 67, verse 67 that says, then did they spit in his face. They spit in his face. And by the way, it was not the high priest who spit in his face. It was not the chief priest who spit in his face. It was not the scribes. It was not the elders who spit in his face. It was Luke twenty-two sixty-three. Luke twenty-two sixty-three. And the men that held Jesus mocked him and smote him. So it was those who were holding Jesus. So this, this hatred of Jesus Christ was so pervasive that the, the common temple soldiers there were the one who were delighting to spit in his face. Even today, there's such a prejudice against Christ, the most misunderstood person in the world, Jesus Christ. Just yesterday, just yesterday, the, the prejudice was so front and center. You know, we have a group of Israelis here now on tour. And so we're showing, at this part of the tour, we're showing them San Diego. And, uh, you know, the, um, uh, after the pandemic, the Christmas celebrations or festival, whatever, at Balboa Park has started up again. It's very, very popular. There's 100,000 people there yesterday, you know. And so Jim McDonald was driving one of the Israeli ladies who was, a, she's actually a lawyer also, and to see all the lights of Balboa Park. And so they were stuck in traffic yesterday. And, and so Jim, who's very considerate, asked the Israeli lady, he said to her, would you like to listen to some music? And so she said, yes. And so Jim turned the radio on to Kixie, K-Y-X-Y. And so they were playing Christmas music. <laughs> And the Israeli said, uh, we do not listen to Christmas music. We are Israeli. We are Jews. And so Jim turned it off. And so then 
when they got to Balboa Park, they had to meet some others, they went to the large fountain there in the park, the big fountain. And there was a singing group that had gathered together. And they introduced themselves on their little loudspeaker. They said, we are from the Jacobs Jewish Community Center in La Jolla. And we are made up of American and Israeli Jews. And you know we're here to sing to you. And so what did they sing? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. <laughs> And, and the Israeli lady says, what? Jewish kids singing Christmas songs. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.